Squad, the animated movie watch. I'm Beffers. And I'm Birdie. Today's episode is Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Or Kaze no Tani no Nausicaa. We pick our movies from the list of animated feature films on Wikipedia. Any movie with a theatrical release that has a critic's rating of over 50% on Rotten Tomatoes will get its own episode here on Animoa. And we are watching these films in chronological order. And we'll be in the 80s for like two years. Is it really going to be that long? <laughs> I don't know. We've, we've, we've gone through so much in the amount of time we have been doing this. How much, how much longer could the 80s possibly take? <laughs> I say... I am a clown. <laughs> I'm sitting here with clown makeup on. How long? How much longer could it possibly be? <laughs> Applying. <laughs> Putting a big red nose on. <laughs> and a wig. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, what What are you drinking there? Oh, I've got juice. It's juice. just juice. Yeah. I, I, kind I, of juice. Multi-flavored juice. Okay. I don't know. Um, it's not very exciting. I kind of wanted something else, but... It would have taken time to make, and I was like, I don't want to wait for tea. It looks orange. It's orangey. There's orange okay. in it, I think. What do you have? I can't even see it. Okay, I have water. Boring. I was going to do <laughs> uh, my special uh, coffee cake flavored soda that I oh, got. Oh, yeah. But I don't think my body would like that amount of sugar right now, so I'm going to stay hydrated. This is good. Water. I'm going to save my special pop for our special episode next time. <gasps> Yes. Stick around till the end and we'll we'll, we'll talk, talk about it bit. then. Yeah. Cheers. Pretty good. So, you have been raving about this ever <laughs> since we found out we were watching it, which uh, of course we are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, of course, of course we are. It's just this this movie kind of I don't know why it, it it holds a special place in my heart as much as it does, but I really do enjoy it. Is it your favorite Miyazaki film? I wouldn't even say it is my favorite oh. Miyazaki film, but it's one of the first I did see. Cool. And I guess there's something about the way that I did see it that that's kind of special. Um, I had I was shown Spirited Away first. That was my first Miyazaki film okay. in college, my freshman year of college. And then I want to say it was my sophomore year when Crunchyroll became a thing, 2006. And <laughs> I found Miyazaki films on there. And the first one I watched was Nausicaa. Cool. So that was just sort of like my foray into it all. And it just, that was a big anime year for me in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. I college. watched a lot. Yeah, college. Um, <laughs> it was my third Miyazaki film, but I think it was the first one where I saw just how weird he can be. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah, it, it's definitely unusual. I remember trying to show it to my family and they're just like, what? This isn't Disney. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> I think you showed it to me and I really liked it. That's good. Oh, yeah. wow. Did I? Oh, yay. <laughs> what What had you seen before that? I had seen Howl's Moving Castle and oh. Totoro. Okay. That makes sense. Wow. It's so weird to think about like the order that we watched these in and like when they came into our lives and stuff. Because, yeah, in this case, it was... Well, did you see Totoro when you were younger, or was that later in life? I think it was middle school. That's pretty early, though. Yeah. That is pretty early, because, yeah, otherwise not until college. So, yeah, not in... Hmm. I was going to say, we didn't grow up with them, but that's still pretty young. Yeah. Cool. We'll get to Totoro eventually. Oh, yeah. For now, we're just going to talk about Nausicaa and basically the real launching of Miyazaki's career is what oh, this yeah. is. Like, I mean, not, not that, that, I mean, Cagliostro, Lupa, Lupa the Third, all that, like that, that was 
incredibly important, sure, but this is like, this is his baby. Mm-hmm. Nausicaa is his baby. And I didn't know until you told me earlier that this was first a manga. Yeah, yeah. He started working on it in 1982 and was working on it up into the 90s. And, and who was the author? He he was. Oh, really? Yeah, no, this I is his. I didn't know he did yeah, manga no, as well. Absolutely. That was like, honestly, I think his first love was doing that. And then he did animation. But after Lupin the Third, he went back. I'm saying Lupin, Lupa, whatever. Bleh. He went back to comics and doing the mangaka. And uh, he made Nausicaa for a magazine called Animage. And then I think it was like one of the... I don't know if it was an editor, but somebody was like, hey, you should adapt this into a movie. And he wasn't really super into the idea until he decided, no, I'm going to direct it and then I'll do it. So I'm glad he did because he set a very high bar for himself and he kind of kept knocking him out of the park after that for the most part. In terms of story, I think it's very ambitious. Oh my god, there yeah. Were, there were times when I thought, oh, this is definitely not a kid's movie because mm. of just the amount of information that you take in. You have three warring kingdoms, kind of, but yeah. and you also have one of them making a monster and another one trying to escape the, the desert filled with bugs. And <laughs> <laughs> this... Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm sitting here like thinking, but that's called this, but that's called this. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I've had a long time to be kind of not, I'm not going to say obsessed. I haven't read the manga, yeah. so I don't really even have that much more familiarity with, with it than I do just having seen this movie many, many times. Yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> I think we came into this movie having to learn that these characters and these concepts and kingdoms are already established. We're yes. just along for the ride. Yeah. Like, they don't take the time to say, oh, here's this thing and here's this thing. Why don't you meet this person for the first time? Yeah, it's it's kind of a unique story in the sense that we are kind of getting dropped into the middle of it. And we don't even really have a character who's like, what's this? You yeah. know, like everyone already knows the shit that's happening. Nobody really has to explain too much, too many unfamiliar things. It's just sort of accepted and then <laughs> the things we do get explained to us there's like the the tapestry or wall mm-hmm. art at the beginning that kind of explains the history you have to interpret bit. it and then you have that old woman <laughs> i'm here for exposition <laughs> but she's also like telling us in a really weird way yeah yes there will be a savior who will be clothed in blue and blah 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 it's like, oh, okay okay grandma <laughs> eat your soup or whatever you're doing i don't remember actually <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on and it's funny you mentioned the whole thing. It's like, this is not a kid's movie. They tried to make it one with the, the 1985 Warriors of the Wind version of this movie when the, the first attempt at dubbing it, it was cut to shreds. Aww. They cut 20 minutes out of the film and they cut really important shit too. Like, well, they cut the opening credits, but they also cut stuff like... The, the, the her secret little garden underneath and the actual fucking underground underneath the trees like that scene where they discover like the whole purpose of the the um the sea of corruption and everything uh, it's like what the fuck how can you cut that stuff it's important you can't cut Miyazaki yeah well fools uh, all of you apparently I think uh, I'm gonna be misremembering the exact nature of the story but when uh, Princess Mononoke, I think, was the one was going to be brought over here, and they were like they were talking about making cuts to that, like a version of that. 
there's something about like them sending a katana that said no cuts on it or something like that. Like, you're not going to cut our shit. (laughs) And then eventually we had Disney and incidentally Laster, who was like super invested in bringing Miyazaki to the United States and preserving the movies as they were and getting really, really good teams to dub and adapt and everything. And like, what we have is really good. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen the English dub? I have. Is it good? It's not bad. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about all of the Miyazaki dubs. Like, yeah. I prefer to watch in the original dub. Um, but I I don't dislike the dubs. There, There's always just that slight awkwardness that comes with it, but they almost always have a great voice cast. Yeah. And they, they, there may be usually like, one or two voices that I'm like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that one. We'll, we'll maybe get into that more with Laputa. I have beef with one of those voices, but um, we'll get we'll to see. That. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Nausicaa, though, we've got um, we've got Patrick Stewart. We've got Uma Thurman, um, Alison Lohman, Shia LaBeouf. Interesting. Mark Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, Who does he play? I think he's... Uh, oh, God. And here's the, the annoying thing is having seen it both in Japanese and English is knowing how to pronounce some of the names of like the countries. It's like Tomekia or Torumekia. Mm-hmm. And then there's Pejite or Pejite. And so it's like yeah. depending on how you say it. But I think he's one of the Pe- Pejite people. Okay. I think the guy who's like yelling at Asbel and like kind of... In charge. I think that's him. Okay. But yeah, it's been a while since I've seen the English one. I just know that, yeah, he's someone in it. Damn it. <laughs> but yeah, we did watch the Japanese um, yes. version for this. As you must. Mm-hmm. Again, there are, the, the English versions are really good. I think the Mononoke English version is actually incredibly good for, yeah. Um, would it be possible to quickly sum up the plot? Um, So we've got a post-apocalyptic world um, set a thousand years after a, what they call like, it was seven days of fire after the powers of the world basically just destroyed everything um, with these giant warriors that they created that we see what they can do later in the movie. Yes. Uh, basically just like setting like nuclear, nuclear bombs everywhere and then like a nuclear winter afterwards, which eventually turned into this poisonous world, uh, this, this jungle that just spreads all over the world. And it's got these spores and fungus and then these giant insects that inhabit them. And it's not a great place for humans to live, but they're surviving, damn it. Mm-hmm. And there are little pockets of civilization all over the world that have survived, including... The Valley of the Wind, which is where our protagonist, Nausicaa, lives. And she's a princess because, sure, why not? Of course. Yeah, you gotta have a princess. Like every woman, or every <laughs> young woman in this movie is We a have a few princesses. We got like three. One of them dies, so we don't have to worry too okay. much about her. <laughs> um, yikes. So their valley is uh, kind of protected by the wind because of the location and everything. And they're very careful about keeping the the, fung- the, the spores at bay, the, the, the corruption, the poison. But Nausicaa, at least, she she lives kind of in harmony with it. And she, like, runs off into the jungle and is pretty much, it, like, knows how to handle herself around the bugs and has her glider that she can fly around. She's pretty damn cool. Like, oh. that's just what we know about her. Also, I think she can handle herself well around the bugs because she has a way with animals. That's true. Because yeah, not, she not is, just the bugs. She is a princess and she, <laughs> a princess must talk to animals. She She's, um, 
kind of got this like pacifistic streak that like she's very gentle and doesn't want to fight until sometimes she loses her fucking mind and kills five people. But anyway, we'll get there. There are other warring nations around and a ship crash lands in the valley and turns out that it belongs to the Tolmechians and they had kidnapped a princess from Pejita and also stolen the giant warrior that they had recently un- unearthed from the grounds. Because, uh, those had all died off a thousand years ago. Yeah, they were regrowing him. Yeah. Out. Yeah. It's, it's disturbing <laughs> imagery and I love it. Uh, the giant warrior. Then the Tolmechian army shows up and takes over the valley and sort of repurposes the god monster thing that they they have and they're bringing it back but they're still at war with Pejita and they kill Nausicaa's father and it's just, it's just like lots of chaotic stuff happening but they need to go back to Pejita I guess and they bring her as a hostage but then Asbel shoots down their like envoy basically all these ships and they all crash land in the jungle and eventually we have a scene where Nausicaa and this, I don't know if he's a prince, I guess. I guess he is a prince, isn't he? If his sister was a princess, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, end up underneath the jungle. And this is where they learn that um, the trees have been absorbing the toxins and then like breaking them down and then purifying the land. So underneath the surface where everything's all poisoned and shit from all the things that the humans did, it's becoming clean and healthy again underground. So there is hope for the current humans after all. Yes, there is. And Nausicaa actually had like an idea that this would be possible because she had learned that underneath like their land and like the well water and everything was really clean. And if she like brought spores and stuff from the jungle, she could like regrow them and they were safe. Cool. So this is... This is important. She's learning that... She's thinking... She's theorizing that the insects are actually like when they go and attack the humans and rampage over the cities, um, whenever like, they try to destroy these jungles, it's because they're protecting the earth because the humans have already fucked it up enough. Hey, environmentalist messages, we see you. We know you're in this movie. Oh, this yeah. is where it all begins. Basically all of Miyazaki's movies have some element of that. Yep, and this is, again, this is where it all starts. First one, yay. Yep. We eventually find out that... Pejita, I don't know how to say it. Pejite? I don't know. I, I, I want I would say Pejita. Yeah. Since we watched the Japanese version. And that's how they were yeah. saying it. Yeah. Their their city has been overrun, and, or the country even. Um, and they are planning on triggering. Oh, uh, yeah. They, they, they think they did that on purpose. They actually did that because they wanted to destroy the Tolmekian army. And then they're planning on triggering another Ohm attack. Ohm are the giant, giant insects that uh, have many, many eyes that glow red when they are enraged and they trample the cities and stuff in order to wipe out the army. They, they want to trigger them to go to the valley and we find out that they're doing this by using a little baby as bait. Yeah. There's a lot of flying happening in between this. Lots of plane flights and <laughs> explosions and stuff. Oh my god. There's so many characters and scenes to keep track of. It's a long movie too. It is, yeah. It's almost two hours. And eventually we get to the climax where we've got the Omar approaching the valley. Nausicaa has got this tiny baby Om. It's not tiny. It's actually bigger than she is, but the baby Om that she has basically convinced 
is like, hey, I'm, I'm here to help you out. And they're going to be dropped down between the Ohm and the Valley. And you've also got the God Warrior has been resurrected, but only partially because he's not ready. And it's really fucking creepy. It was grotesque. Oh, it was beautifully grotesque. And we do see him try to blow up the Ohm. And Does he have laser eyes? Mouth. I laser mouth. Out of the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> laser mouth. Laser mouth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really bad breath. And it just looks like an atomic explosion. Of course, there's no question that that's what that's trying to evoke. Yeah. But it falls apart. And so we think we're doomed. But then Masako basically just sacrifices herself by standing in front of all the ohm with the baby and just like, hey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And because they have their really cool tendril golden tendril things they bring her back and turns out she's the prophesied one that we did barely mentioned yeah yeah because why not anyway it's 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 a happy ending ish like we we have a feeling that things are going to be more at peace now because they have a better understanding of why the world is what it is and the tolmecians don't have their god warrior anymore (laughs) and they're the big giant monster he's melted into a skeleton (laughs) And uh, they get sent off to go back home. And I think the final shot of the movie showing that little green plant growing uh, in the underground area is mm. just lovely. And yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a hopeful ending. I liked the reveal of how Nausicaa was the chosen one. Yeah. It, it just unfolds before your eyes. And then yeah. the old woman realizes this is what's happening. And yeah. she starts crying or, uh, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. wailing. Or, yeah, she, she, because she can't see it. She's just asking yeah. the kids to describe it for her. And I love that when they, they describe in the words almost kind of what she had said earlier. She's yeah. wearing strange blue clothing. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great that there's so many good sequences in the film. I mentioned immediately after watching it last night that most of my notes are me just saying, oh, I love this scene. Oh, I love this character. Oh man, that part's great. And it's just mostly me gushing about it. And then just a couple of random jokey things. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I really <laughs> like this movie. But yeah, I don't know. What, what do we want to talk about? We kind of covered. I, I, we didn't really mention like all the characters because we'll have to do that when we talk about characters. But yeah, plot uh, wise, that's kind of the gist. <laughs> well. There's so much. How about the cult factor for this movie? Because we know like Spirited Away and Totoro are very popular. How would you, maybe not rank, but how would you compare this movie to other popular Miyazaki movies? I'd say it's probably overlooked more than it should be just in the, yeah. it's, it's so early in his like kind of repertoire, but it's not as like kind of unknown as like Porco Rosso or something like that. That's one that like people definitely don't think of immediately when they're thinking like Ghibli, <laughs> you know, they, 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 they think of like the big, big name Miyazaki films. I think it's better than a lot of his later ones, but mm. eh. That's a personal opinion, <laughs> but I do think a lot of people really do appreciate its importance to his, uh, like, like again, it's the starting point. Yeah. It really sets off everything. <laughs> because of it, Studio Ghibli exists. Studio Ghibli formed a year after this movie was made. This was made by Topcraft. Hmm. This is, that is the studio that animated this. We mentioned them before in an earlier episode. Yeah. <laughs> How about the animation in comparison? Um, I mean, it's still 
fucking gorgeous Miyazaki. Absolutely. Um, there, there's a little bit more kind of, it's it's not quite as polished as his later stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's still some stuff that it feels like they're kind of working out and maybe it is because it's Topcraft and not Ghibli. I don't know. Um, but it, it does feel older and it does feel sometimes a little bit more, I'm not going to say rigid because there's some gorgeous stuff that does happen. Oh, yeah. But yeah, and the, and the backgrounds are great and the, the scale of things and the yeah the, the movement especially I mean, in a story that has wind in the name you have like the, the, all the flying scenes are of course amazing yeah but yeah it does it it, it feels like you know one of his older mo- movies what Laputa does as well like both this and Laputa I kind of feel are very similar sorry I say Laputa Castle in the Sky for more familiarity <laughs> Still good stuff. It's still Miyazaki. It still has that look. The protagonist looks... The, the, the main female character looks like a main female character. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a lot of redheads in this movie. Like two of the princesses Yeah, were... that's true. Yeah, both Nausicaa and Kishana. They're kind of like foils for each other. So yeah. I dig it. <laughs> so I have to ask you about all the bugs. The bugs. All the bugs. I don't like bugs. You don't like bugs, but do you like these bugs? I do like these bugs. Like all the bugs? Um, <laughs> most of the bugs. Uh, I mean, I love the ohm. They, I think they're adorable. They're they're big old eyes. They scared me at first because, like, I had forgotten just how big their role was. I knew they were important, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember if they were supposed to be good or bad. Uh, that's. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the point of the movie, yeah. right? You're not really <laughs> sure are they good or bad. Oh wait, they are good. They they're scary. <laughs> They are but, they are kind of scary, but they they're kind of weirdly cute. Yeah. I don't know. The scene where uh, Nausicaa is having a flashback to when she tried to save the little the baby, baby one. the tiny one that's like the size of a cat. Yep, <sighs> that part was really sad and really sweet. And I don't know. They they make me think kind of like of pill bugs. They had other pill bugs. Yeah, they did have the they tiny did. little pill bugs that jumped. Yeah. But I don't know if I liked them very much. I loved them. Oh my god. <laughs> We're like, I like this. I didn't like this. I like this. I didn't like that. I like pill bugs in general, so. They were freakier to me because they had mouths that opened. The <laughs> um, uh were less freaky to me because they just had like, like crab mouth, kind of like. And that's weird to me. Oh, I don't like the. the it was like their ma- it was like mouth, but also running. It was also their leg. I don't yeah. know. They're kind of going like as they ran, but their, anyway. their teeth are legs. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> but then they also have the fun golden tendril thing. I was scared of that at first, oh. but then but then that one uh, song that a child sings started playing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, we'll talk about the soundtrack. But okay. Um, Bugs. I also, I liked the the big flying bug that she has her little charm, that little woo-woo-woo mm-hmm. thing. Um, it just looked kind of cute. It was like, I'm really confused and mad right now. I don't know where I am. Oh, shiny spinny thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound it makes. Was that the red? Yeah, it was kind of oh, red. I didn't like that one. Oh, no. It scared me. <laughs> what about the big um, flat, like weird dragonfly things? things? I thought they were they awesome. Were so cool. And then they opened their mouths. And everybody's <laughs> like, nope, you got a nope out of there, girl. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out. No, they were, I mean, they're cool. I, I love the dis- the design of the, the insects and the, 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 the jungle in general. You know, like all the different, like the spores and like the, the the bit where it's like the snowfall almost yeah you know, at the beginning there's just so many cool visuals it's 
So creative. I love it. But yeah, I wouldn't do very well in this world. I think I said that. You know, the game was like, oh, there's giant bugs. No, I think I'd, I'd just die. <laughs> They're cool. They're yeah. cool. The concept with the spores gave me anxiety a little bit. It's a little freaky. And I there mean, was some face mask anxiety. And yeah. And it was too real. <laughs> I, I can feel that. There was something really scary about the part where they found out that some of the spores had gotten into the forest and yeah. they were trying to like get their um, flamethrowers back so they could burn it down and save mm-hmm. the forest. But nope, they were fucked. They had to burn the forest down. But at least we see in the end credits that they re- they replant. Yeah, which I love that. I love seeing that. That's such a <laughs> Miyazaki thing too as well to like regrow, regrow and yeah. persevere and everything comes back after an apocalyptic end or after that thing. Yeah, anyway, it's very Miyazaki. I love it. Uh, while we're on the themes and the animation, I just want to say at the very beginning of the movie, when we see uh, Yupa yes. you know, wandering around, mm-hmm. I was like, is this piece from Wizards? Yeah. Okay, so there's like a, a lot of moments where I was like, wait, is this this from this? Yeah. Like, there's that. And then I got some Fantastic Planet vibes. There was a little bit of that as well, because just the weirdness of it all when you're looking around. Um, with him picking up the little doll, it made me think of Mulan. Oh, with the little doll. Yeah, except in Mulan, the doll doesn't dissolve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's true. I got uh, with Yupa coming into the valley, uh, Gandalf coming into the Shire. Yeah. I got with Nausicaa kind of wandering off by herself and going into the jungle. Ray from the beginning of uh, Force Awakens, mm. her introduction, which yeah, that was like almost uncanny. Dune with like the giant ohm or kind of like sandworms a little bit like just yeah, these, yeah. I mean there there there's clearly some shit going on here whether it's uh, older older media influencing Miyazaki or Miyazaki influencing later media like I think there's definitely a chain here yeah. <laughs> it's very cool gotta love it maybe all fantasy and sci-fi is the same what. <laughs> Would you like to talk a little bit about characters or music? Oh man, I want to talk about both. Well, we're gonna. I know. It's just what, what first. Uh, let's do music. Okay. I'll change of pace. Probably less time spent talking about music than characters. Yes. So, so which <laughs> song or theme gets stuck in your head? Oh God, there's so many that are so good from this movie, but probably the. Um, that the tune that we were humming earlier, that la 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 la, la yeah la. yeah, that is the tune I usually think of when I think of this movie. But I also think of the opening credits, and also it comes back later. Um, the uh, I can't sing them all, <laughs> but yeah, the opening credits music, the music when she's kind of flying into the valley, the music when they're fighting, like with the Corvette and everything, and they're in the air. The music when she's chased by the the, the Omis chasing Yupa at the beginning. There's like so much that I think of in this movie. It's so fucking iconic. But almost all of Joe Hisaishi's scores for Miyazaki films are iconic. My impression was that I thought the themes didn't really match well. Like you had different vibes for each one. Like different decades, different world styles. So I think part of the weirdness is that he did like a lot of like synthesized electronic stuff mm. in the earlier films. And in fact, for uh, Castle in the Sky, I think it was that. And then he reorchestrated it 
later oh, good. and did like a like a symphonic version. Oh, good. So there's like a symphonic version of the soundtrack. I think that fits that movie better. <laughs> yeah. And also for Nausicaa, if you, this is actually one of the early things I listened to when I discovered like, oh, this is the composer who does all of Miyazaki's movie music. I'm going to find it and listen to it through means uh, in college. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there was a like a symphonic orchestral suite that was almost 20 minutes long of music from Nausicaa. And it was wow. all symphonic and it was just gorgeous to listen to and it was like really low quality because i don't know where the hell i got it from but um (laughs) i believe there's at least a short version or something from like a 25 year anniversary concert i think which is on youtube and we should totally link that because boy howdy you've got like the choir singing and everything so it's it's great do they sing our favorite song mm-hmm. oh. there's like a, a children's chorus that does it oh yeah you know i was creeped out by that at first because it was just, just the one it, kid yeah it's the first time we see the oh. omu nah, nah, yeah nah, 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 nah. Nah. <laughs> slightly out of tune yeah. just a little <laughs> it was the first time that it was reaching out to her mm-hmm. and i'm like okay what's what's happening yeah. please don't eat her no but yeah. as the as the voice went on i just you realize it's just kind of like it. this yeah it's it's almost innocent. Well, I have a weird question about that theme, though. Yeah. Is so everything in Miyazaki movies means something? Yeah, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So, do you think that theme is like a representation of these memories, or is it like a representation of the voice of this creature, or is it like a representation of this magical thing with like its tendrils coming out and touching and human contact and all of that. It's interesting because I actually think of it as being tied to Nausicaa and the prophecy. Like ah. that's her thing. And what it was doing there was kind of like, because her like hallucination when it's touching her, not hallucination, it's probably a vision, um, <laughs> is her in the golden field. Yeah. And then another time when we hear that theme is her flashing back to when she was with the baby ohm and trying to protect it. We hear that theme again there. Mm-hmm. And that also connects to her like position in the world and how she's kind of going to bring the balance and everything. And then we hear it again at the end, basically. When they're saving her When life. they bring her back and she's about to be reborn into her prophesied self, I guess, you know, like the, the actualization of the prophecy, you know? Yeah, that's, so I, I, that's what I connected it with. That's an interesting take because mm-hmm. I think it has a very folksy, like folk song feel mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know. It's, that's the vibe, but it also could be kind of construed as like the voice of the ohm as well mm-hmm. in a way because they've been involved in each of those scenes as well. Which would be hilarious because you have this <laughs> giant <laughs> thing. Oh. <laughs> It fits with the tiny baby one, though. Yeah. I love that one. Again, I just want to scoop it up. And I, I, I started crying when they're, like, pulling it away from her. And she's like, please don't kill it. Ah. Anyway, but yes, the music in this is amazing. Again, like, the opening theme with, like, the da-da-da-da-da. Uh, it's just a piano all by itself. And then it swells into the full orchestra. And it's just beautiful. And then, like... That ja da 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 ja da 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 when she's flying around. It's just, it's, oh, it's so good. I feel like I should apologize to the composer for not really latching onto the music when mm. we watched it. I had spent like all day at some <laughs> weird art installation with <laughs> techno and 
avant-garde symphonics and I I had an overload. <laughs> yeah, no, and there's definitely some weird moments in the movie where you do get like kind of like, what the hell, why? And yeah. you've got like the sitar with the ohm reveal yeah. and you've got like the the groovy music when they're being chased. It's like, do 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 It's like, well, what's going on? <laughs> but I, I don't know. The, the, the stuff that is orchestral and the stuff that does have like repeated themes throughout is the best stuff for sure. And I think if you hear it like in that concert setting, you're going to be like, oh, <laughs> it's not my favorite of the Miyazaki soundtracks, okay. but it's still, again, just like the movie, it has a, a very special place in my heart. Like I will always think of that, uh, that one theme. I, I wish I knew what the name of it was off the top of my head, but the La La theme. The La La. <laughs> that one. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one what? more thing for music mm-hmm. before I forget. A, f- a fun tidbit is that um, in the bit where she does basically die and they're bringing her back right before it goes back into the La La theme, there's a bit of Handel. Handel's Saraband oh, plays. Yeah. The bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, I remember. You're like, do I know this? <laughs> yeah. Like I heard it yeah. and I was like, oh, this is random. Yeah, no, he, like, it fits, but he like completely borrows from it. And then like, yeah, and they expanded like soundtrack versions of it. It goes on for longer and it's, it's beautiful, but it's Handel and that's fine. You know, we can use classical <laughs> yeah. composers in our soundtracks. Damn it. <laughs> How beautiful was it when uh, at the very end, when the whole herd of Ohm's eyes turned blue Oh, and then we find out they're all pointing into the same yes. direction. I, I even, I made a note about that while, while we were watching it. It was like, it was like, Hey, by the way, I love the whole blue versus red like motif with the eyes and the, like the see that central point where they all start turning blue and then it spreads out because you know that's where she is. And then yeah, well, I didn't know that's where she oh. was because I had completely forgotten the movie. Oh, so. okay, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, then the eventual reveal that yes, they are all pointing in, and you do see that. Oh, there's like a little thing, and you see the little baby ohm like inching up to her. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my heart, I love it. But yes, okay. That's enough. Let's move into characters and let's start with the baby Ohm. We're starting with the, wait, which yes. one? We have the teeny tiny baby already, one that she saved. We already talked about the teeny tiny one. Okay, let's so the one. The one that so was dangling. Was it people from Pejita? Yeah. Okay, so they had taken this baby who was like a little oh. taller than a full-size human. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what the hell size to compare it to because it's so heckin' chonker. It's right? as big as a big SUV. I guess. Yeah, I was like gonna say like a rhino, maybe. I don't know. Rhino, maybe smaller. I'm not sure. I've never stood Taller. next to a rhino, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> anyway, it's been a minute. Yeah, they had they had taken this creature by like sticking pegs into it that were attached to a rope, almost like harpoons. Yeah, that were attached to a ship, and they were flying it through the air to bait all of the mm-hmm. adult bugs. Yep. And it's fucked up. Yeah. It's it's sad and. Yeah, the reveal of that is really cool too when she's like chasing after it. But so it's it's of course naturally terrified and this is a a thing that we've established throughout the movie, this theme that when things are scared they lash out. Mm-hmm. We had that with the the little fox girl, uh T- Teto? Yeah. Yeah. Where it, like when it first meets her it like bites her, but then she's like you're not scared, you're fine and then it just calms down, starts licking her. We even have that with Kushana where she's like got the gun out and Nasuka's like, what are you so scared of? Mm-hmm. Like, 
you're like you're like you're, you're terrified. She's like, I beg your fucking pardon. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, no, you're you're lashing out because you're scared. And so, yeah, its eyes are going red and everything, and she just keeps trying to tell it, like, no, you're okay, don't move. And it's like trying to get away from her, and it's trying to get into the water and swim over to the rest of the home, and it's like bleeding. And then when she's pushing back and her foot gets burnt in the acid lake, oh yeah, that's when it like. It I, it, I guess it hears her pain. It realizes what's happening, and then it like investigates her, and then calms down. And it's like, oh no, you were trying to help me. Yeah. <laughs> I love oh, you. And I hate that whenever it moves, the blood gushes out. I know. Of it. It, oh, it hurts so bad. But we we it was fine. I'm sure it was fine at the end. I don't know if we ever really know, but I'm sure it was fine. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna say it was fine. Okay. It was a good baby, and it did what it could. And I love how she just sort of stands there next to it at the end, like right before they trample them. And then we know the baby's okay because it comes up at her, like when she's basically dead on the ground. But before that, they're just kind of standing next to her, like, uh, uh, here come the parents. <laughs> what are we doing? Teto is standing next to her, too. It's, yeah, what happened it, to Teto during that? Well, a lot of the time he was hiding in her shirt. Sometimes okay. he was just riding on her shoulders. But when she was basically dead, he was standing next to her. And it kind of seemed like he was he was calm about it because he knew she was going to be okay. Aw. That's cute. That's cute. Are we talking about Tessa? Yes. We're really going in this weird order. We're talking about I don't the care. animals first. Animals are important in music. They are. He makes cute little animals sometimes. Oftentimes, actually. And this is the first time we see the fox squirrels. We will see them again. Um, but yeah, Teto is, I guess, that and is very cute and just kind of hangs out and is cute. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, you mentioned earlier that when he bites her, mm-hmm. he licks the wound just yeah. to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then like when she gets really injured, like in her shoulder and she's lying on the ground, he walks around to investigate like, he's saying, oh, yeah, I'll take care of you. And then Aww. he sees how big the wound in it is, and you can see a little jump in his animation. And he's like, whoa, that's a big one. I'm going to go over here. I didn't see that. Yeah. But I do find it interesting that the ohm follow that up with kind of licking her wounds in a weird way, if you consider those things their tongues. Yeah. Uh. Multiple tongues. <laughs> many, many. T- oh, dear. <laughs> um, Noodle tongue. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> see, that's why I was scared of them. Okay, fair. But yes, Teto is very cute, and yeah, I love that little bite, and then lick, lick, lick. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I love how he like jumps on her shoulder when she's about to like take off on the glider that one time when I think she was going up to investigate the ship that was crashing. Mm. Just jumps up, she's like, Teto! And then <laughs> they are off. Hi, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Oh, fuck! <laughs> All right, if we're going in this weird order... Uh, We've talked about Ohm. We've talked about the bugs. What about the giant warrior? Oh, dear. Let's talk about the giant warrior. Oh, dear. Okay. So he has kind of an Attack on Titan vibe. Yeah. He's resurrected too early, so he's rotting as he's moving, and it looks like Akira. A little bit. Yeah. And oh, my gosh. The weirdest part was like his mouths, because they have really weird mouths in general. It's just one giant set of teeth. Yeah. But his mouth was falling apart and his teeth were all hanging out at weird angles. Yeah. I I, I hate and love it at the same time. Me too. This, this fucking giant warrior thing. Also, I 
want to say that I had thoughts of it when we were watching The King and the Mockingbird because it's just, it's another giant Miyazaki creation. Like, the robots in Lapita, this fucking god warrior, they all, they have a kind of like a similar shape, especially the ones that we see when they're living. We see their silhouettes. They're, like, when they're walking around, like, during the Seven Days of Fire. That's a very distinct look. It does remind me of the giant robot from uh, King of the Mockingbird. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, when it's melting... Oh, actually, even before that, when we first see just even, like, the orb of it, when it's just, like, cur- ow, that was my knee. <laughs> I'm, like, trying to curl up in my chair. When it's curled up, I, I assume, like, kind of, like, in a fetal position, mm-hmm. and then they drag it into the lab, and they've got the pulsing. Yeah. It's just so ominous, and it's unnatural, and you know it's unnatural, because it's something that humans did. <laughs> Goddamn humans! <laughs> um... But one of my favorite scenes is when uh, Kurotoa is in the lab and he's looking up at it and then it opens his eyes and looks down at him. He's like, (laughs) it's grinning at me. I don't know how I feel about this. This is either the best thing that ever happened or the worst mistake of my life. (laughs) And it's just that ominous, creepy face. But yeah, when it's melting, it's just some of the coolest animation ever as it's like crawling and then you see like, the body just kind of separate and the mouthpiece is just kind of going, please help me. You kind of feel sorry for it. I do. It, it's like he's just been born and he yeah. wants to do a good job. I want and, to kill everything, and, please. And his master's like, fire. What and, the fuck are you doing? Fire already. And, oh, it hurts, but okay, I got it there. Am I doing a good job? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I, I feel kind of bad for it because, like, I don't know what kind of consciousness it has. Like, I really don't know. We don't know unless that's something that does get expanded on in the, the manga. I kind of want to know. Ooh. I would love to. I, I actually do want to read it and find it somewhere. Man, I, I was a bad librarian for this podcast. I didn't even know it was a manga. That's okay. <laughs> I think I only knew because I found it in the Kinokunuya bookstore, either on the West Coast or the East Coast, like, one of the random times I was there. And I was pretty sure it was in its original Japanese so I'm just like ah <laughs> so yeah that was uh that's okay don't worry okay <laughs> neither of us have read it that's just what it is but yeah that'd be very cool if they if if they were explained a little bit more the the god warrior things I keep on god warrior I think they have different names there's like giant warrior god warrior depending on again hmm. English versus Japanese versus translation cool ass design freaky as fuck Love it. <laughs> wow, do we have to go to humans now? We could. I don't really want to spend much time on them because they're. I mean, there's a few I really want to talk quite a few. about. They, they're all very. We can. We can. I mean, they're all very human. They, they we are. We can talk about whoever you want to talk about. Okay. Well, I mean, we should definitely talk about Nasca herself. Of we have a little bit. Um, like again, I she's a very proactive character, which is great. Yeah. Thinking about when this came out, how many free female protagonists we have okay, yeah. in movies, let alone animated movies. Yeah, Miyazaki is really good at giving us female protagonists, and it's not a big deal that yeah. they just happen to be girls. You yeah, know? the stuff that she does is like she's super competent in everything. She it does have like 
she's pacifistic. She doesn't want to fight, but she can. And she's super capable. Otherwise, she doesn't have to be like, you know, yeah. like she, she doesn't have to kick ass to be awesome. She's honestly being awesome by not kicking ass in a lot of instances. Like she's saying, like, well, stop fighting, please. Yeah. And people trust her. Yes. Oh, my God. I love how much respect and everything she's earned in this. Like everyone's just like, oh, it's the princess. Oh, we have to listen to her. Yeah. Like, no question. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. I love it. And she's she's a great character. Sometimes... Almost too great. There's like a little bit of that, just a tiny bit of that, but not so much that I'm like turned off by her. Mm-hmm. I still find her a super enjoyable character to watch. Yeah, we see her struggle, and her struggles are believable. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, no, and she's not like perfect. At least no. she's she's close, but she's not perfect. <laughs> Good, great, great Miyazaki protagonist mm-hmm. who is female. And you know what else we have is one of Miyazaki's female antagonists. He has a lot of those too. And usually they have kind of like a little hint of that sympathetic villain thing built into their character because they have, they they, they have, there's a scale of villainy that's happening. There's a little bit of gray. There's a little bit of gray morality with them almost always. And what's her name? Kushana. Yeah. So I fucking, I, I love Kushana. She is one of my favorite characters. I, I know we don't see much of her and I know we don't get a whole lot about her, but I, I, I stand. <laughs> we stand Lady Kushana in this house. Or at least I do. You do. <laughs> I, I didn't get enough information from her. We got a taste. Mm-hmm. Like, because she's missing limbs, apparently. Yeah. I want to know My more about that. we'll see worse than that. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, I love her. I just, I don't know what it is. Like, every single time she's on screen, I'm just like, yes. I love that, like, she's... Clearly, she's she's been raised in a different way from Nausicaa, but she also has earned respect in yeah. a lot of ways. She does have her weird conviving henchman who's like, oh, darn, she didn't die. But <laughs> like at the same time, like oh, I'm kind of happy to see her, though. But th- that, yeah. that's a fun relationship that I'm sure and I believe is expanded on in the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, just And also both those characters have more to them, of course. Because the the time that this movie came out was before he had finished like the entire series of the manga for Nausicaa. Because oh. like it was going into the nineties, and this was eighty four versus when he started in eighty two. So this was like only an adaptation, of, like the early early volume oh. uh, volumes. So yeah, there's a lot more I'm sure to be learned about these characters. But yeah, Kashana, so. she yeah again like a, a a strong female character who's. Just like she's the fucking military leader. She's she doesn't seem like she's not like actively evil. She's not cruel. She's not being a bitch or something. She's just like, hey, this is what I believe is the way to save the world. Hmm. She thinks that, yeah, no, we have to destroy the this toxic jungle thing and get rid of it. And the way we're gonna do that is with force. And that's just what she's known. But she's also kind of fascinated by Nausicaa. And you see that in the scene where she's like pulled a gun on her and she's like, you're naive to think that just because you saved me, we're going to be friends. And Nausicaa's like, you're scared. (laughs) But you said, what? And then the ohms show up and everything. And she's got the gun in her hand the whole time. She looks terrified. And they like just disarm her at the end of that after Nausicaa has left. And she's just sort of like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) And then she goes back and she's, she lets those men go. Um, she orders them to stop firing when she thinks that Nausicaa's in the ship. And she's like, where is she? Is she okay? Mm-hmm. No, like, I, I love that there's just, 
there are those nuggets that there's so much more to her. And yeah, I wish we had more, but there's enough there for me to fucking love her. Anyway, I'm a, I'm a Kushan stan. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is her henchman's name? Kurotoa. I, I like him a lot, too. I love to hate him. Yeah. He, he has that character design. Yep. Oh my gosh, I have seen that character design in uh, children's animation. Yep. He, uh, what did I write down? He is the personification of Yare Yare. Because he says that. He's like, yare yare. <laughs> and that's like, he looks like a dude who says yare yare. I'm, that's just, it's like the kind of like lazy eyes. He's got that lazy kind of face. Yeah. And it's also very similar to the Count character in Cagliostro. Yes, um, yes. That was the one that I, 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 yes, I picked him out. I was like, hey, this looks like the henchman in Nausicaa. Like, uh, and in that episode, I pointed that out because I was like, I remember. I've seen you. <laughs> But yeah, he, he definitely has that look. And yeah, no, he's he's less <laughs> likable than Kushana, but at the same time, kind of enjoyably just... He fun. walks around like he's in charge, but he's not. Exactly. <laughs> he wishes he were. Yeah. <laughs> I, my favorite line of this whole movie, he's... I don't know if he's in a tank or he's... He's watching something happen uh-huh. and, a, and a soldier pops up next to oh, him. Oh, yeah. He's like, waiting for your orders, sir. Shut up. Height. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He like pops out. And like, so it was so fast and abrupt. That was really funny. It it's funny in the Japanese, and I hope it translates mm-hmm. well in the English. It probably is the exact same thing. It's, Just yeah, shut up or something. It's probably shut up. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, who that's, else do we have? That's why I like Miyazaki. The timing, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, when, when there's humor, it's good. There's not a whole lot of humor in this movie. I want to see more humor in all Miyazaki all the time. Yeah. It, it exists. It's just... Uh, I think we'll see more in Lapita, for sure. Cool. I, I remember that one being a lot funnier. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, it is. Okay, I just remember more about it. Okay. Anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, How about Lord Yupa? Yupa! I like Yupa. Lord Yupa's great. I love his big old bushy mustache. Yeah. And um, I like how his mustache hair doesn't match the hair color on his head. Yeah, that was yeah, that always weirded me out when he took his hat off. I'm like, no, it's, <laughs> what is that? I think it's always adorable when that happens to <laughs> to real men. Aww. And it's a nice detail we have yeah, for him. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the one time we see him without a hat, his hair looked silly though. But yeah, no, I love that he's like this like kind of legendary badass of. Of the wastelands or whatever. And he just sort of hangs out in the valley and is like, oh, I'm going to name your child for you all. <laughs> Kiss babies. and But also kick ass and show up on the fucking airship yeah. like a Skywalker in a hallway. <laughs> he was so badass in that moment. He's like, shing. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> I'm here to kill you all. No, actually, just surrender. I won't have to kill you. You don't want me to have to kill you. <laughs> anyway, he's cool. Yeah. He's, he's a good character. Um, his his swords have pure anime sounds. They do a lot. The swords do in this movie, and I I thought it was really interesting. Uh, I I in the translation they call them all like ceramic swords, and in my brain, half of me is like, okay, wait, we're talking like China, because like when I think of ceramics, I think of like clay, <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking like ceramic armor yeah. kind of shit like like titanium and kind of stuff like that like this is gonna be like actual like carbon ceramic like hardcore shit <laughs> so that's probably what's happening not like i have a china plate sword <laughs> 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 
like immediately. Um, but yeah, he was he was cool. But yeah, the sound effects were kind of weird for mm-hmm. the the swords and the a lot of the sound effects. Actually, yeah. when I think about it, they're they're very eighties. They're very dated, and that's okay. <laughs> this is fine. Who else do we have? In the old woman. Oh, Obaba. Uh, Obaba. Um, which I think just is like grandma, grandma right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, she's just the blind old lady, the, the kind of elderly figure. You have a lot of those in Miyazaki movies, too. Mm-hmm. She, Her eyes. Her eyes. And she's getting fanatic about the prophecy, and they, yeah. they go wide. Yeah. I, I, I do like that part when she's she's yelling uh, at the Tolmecians when she's telling them, like, don't don't go up against mm-hmm. the jungle. Like, every time you do this, they don't do this. And she's like, what are you going to do? Kill me? You're going to call kill an old lady? Her eyes are like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, eh, maybe not. I'm kind of scared of you, actually. <laughs> we've got uh, Asbel, uh, who's the, the prince. Yeah. Uh, we've got Lastel, who's his sister, who dies in, like, five seconds. Yeah, no, Asbel's fine. He's... He's good, you know. He's a good. He's a, he's a bro. Yeah. He helps her out. Like at first, we're we're kind of not sure whose side he's gonna pick when they do go to the the Pajita people, and we've got that moment where she's like being restrained, and then he decides, no, I'm gonna help her, and he like tackles the guy, and he's like, and they, like pulls a gun on him and everything, and all that effort, and they still capture they her. Still, yeah, but he don't. You know, he's trying to help, and then he helps her break out. You know, in the end, so yeah, he's got her back. I, I love, love that. How the women helped her break out also. Yes. Oh, yeah. The more characters. And that was great. Never underestimate mm-hmm. a group of women who yes. have seen some shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> they they will they will get you back. They saw everything. No. They were hanging mm-hmm. out in the windows yeah. of the plane. I was actually kind of... I, I'd forgotten the exact like order of events there and like what was going to happen like with them getting her out. But I remember sitting there thinking like... Look at all these women hanging out of the windows looking at this scene play out. This is kind of weird. Are they not saying anything? They're just silent. And then we see what happens later. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, they were absorbing. <laughs> they were just, we're going to remember that. We're like a telltale game. Anyway. Yeah. Anybody else? There's the dad who dies. He doesn't really have much to do. Um, we've got like, it was like Mito, I think, was like one of the men... Kind of, oh, yeah. he like flew the plane. He he was a good like, kind of second in command kind of there subordinate was, character. There was him and one old guy, and I think they there were, were the old guys in a tank together at one point. Um, there were like a trio of old guys yeah. who did that, and the, they were pretty. That was pretty funny. Always funny. Yeah. All right. No. Okay. Which way are we going? Backwards and back <laughs> up into the like other way. Other way. Yeah, that was cute. That was great. Uh, I'm looking at my notes now to see if there's anything else to talk about. Yeah, we, we, we again, the, the fact that, that we see so much in this film that we will see later with, like, the female protagonists, with the environmentalist kind of message, the anti-war kind of, um, like, rhetoric that is happening at the same time. Because you, you, you can tell this isn't a good thing. We don't want this. <laughs> uh, flying scenes and airplanes and things like that. You can have a shit ton of that in Miyazaki. Yeah. Uh, unless it's Mononoke, but that's... Different. Different. <laughs> uh, there's reasons for that. <laughs> yeah, just the look overall, of course. Fantasy, I guess. I think pretty much all of his stories have like at least some sort of fantastical element. Maybe not The Wind Rises. Hmm. I haven't seen that one, though. We will. Yeah, we will. 
Yeah, generally fantastic. So, closing thoughts? Any notes you had that you want to scream about? I don't know if there's anything that I didn't talk about, unless maybe there's a funny note or something. Again, a lot of my notes are just sort of like... Oh, yeah, man, I, I, I liked the fact that the... The, on the tapestry, that, that legendary savior figure was like kind of coded as being male, and yet we yeah. find out that it's not. And I thought that was kind of a nice touch because usually, like, savior figures in myths and stories and legends and stuff are usually male. Yeah. That's just, yeah. That's how it do be, but it shouldn't do be. Exactly. And it, it didn't. They hinted that it could be Nausicaa because the figure had an animal perched on his shoulder. Yes. And of course, Deto, Deto loves to ride on the shoulder. And he's got a poopy tail like the bird was. Did you say poopy tail? Poofy. <laughs> so they said poopy tail. <laughs> well, you know, after After, after flying. Bad, <laughs> I mean, flying. If he gets scared, yeah. he might have a poopy tail. <laughs> I, understand, I understand. Oh, and then, yeah, like there's a... a a cool moment with Nausicaa when the guys in the, like the, 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 the little weird cup ship thing that was carrying the baby home. Yeah. Uh, have crash land. They're like, Oh, we need to get back up in the air. And they turn around and they see her holding this massive ass yeah. gun that they'd been shooting at her with. It's such a great shot. Like the way she's like, she's struggling to hold it up, but she fucking has it. And she <laughs> does like shoot at the ground at their feet. Yeah. And, uh, Hey, I cried. Aww. I've seen it so many times. I still cry. <laughs> what about what about you? Any any closing thoughts? I'm just excited to see Ghibli films in chronological order. Yee! Yes. Yeah. Very exciting. Yay! Yay! So shall so, we mention our next episode? We absolutely should. So it is our fiftieth episode. Woo! And we'll be closing our second year Holy of Animoa. Shit, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna do something special. Yes. We have some movies we really wanted to watch, and some movies we should have watched. Uh, yeah, maybe. And and yeah, the, the the point of this is to cover a few movies that didn't meet our criteria that we set out at the beginning of this journey with, and some of them they have reasons for us to be like, well. But we really want to watch this one. <laughs> so we're going to shove a bunch of them into one episode and do kind of mini reviews of them. Mm-hmm. There are also, well, there's one movie we accidentally did not watch. Yeah, that, 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 that was a yeah, reasonable well, explanation. We'll explain why yeah. we overlooked it. <laughs> and we'll be watching some animated clips from other well-known movies. Yes, yes. We're indeed. not going to tell you which ones these are yet. Yep, you will find out... Shortly. <laughs> We're going to keep it short, yeah. short and sweet, and, well, for, for each movie, and then yes. it's going to add up. <laughs> yeah, it will add up, but that's okay. You guys will find out if it's two-parter. Uh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> and we're going to cover a lot of decades, so we have yeah. a good mix of things that we're going to watch. And nothing beyond where we currently are in the right. chronology. Um, nothing past that. Because, you know, who knows? Maybe in a future episode we'll do this again and we'll once again do between 80-whatever and wherever we are. Yeah. <laughs> Another 100 episodes, or 50 episodes, rather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're not at 100 yet. Holy shit, but we will be after another 50. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. God, I wonder what that'll be. Oh, my God. I'm trying to even think because, like, we don't think. From... Just do. Okay, Yoda. Um, 
<laughs> on that note, I guess, uh, yeah, that I, I don't have to ask, hey, what are we doing next week? Because that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Our 50th episode celebration. Woo! All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs> So I have to ask you about all the bugs. The bugs. All the bugs. I don't like bugs. You don't like bugs, but do you like these bugs? I do like these bugs. Like all the bugs? Um. <laughs>